and I'll read Proverbs 10, verses 1 to 11. The Proverbs of Solomon. A wise son brings joy to his father, but a foolish son brings grief to his mother. Ill-gotten treasures have no lasting value, but righteousness delivers from death. The Lord does not let the righteous go hungry, but he thwarts the craving of the wicked. Lazy hands make for poverty, but diligent hands bring wealth. He who gathers crops in summer is a prudent son, but he who sleeps during harvest is a disgraceful son. Blessings crown the head of the righteous, but violence overwhelms the mouth of the wicked. The name of the righteous is used in blessings, but the name of the wicked will rot. The wise in heart accept commands, but a chattering fool comes to ruin. Whoever walks in integrity walks securely, but whoever takes crooked paths will be found out. Whoever winks maliciously causes grief, and a chattering fool comes to ruin. The mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life, but the mouth of the wicked conceals violence. Would you like to keep that open and we'll pray together. Almighty God, we pray to you and we pray you'd, you'd give us a blessing as we look at your word this precious morning. I was conscious, Father, of those sirens wailing as we sit in peace in here. So we pray you give the emergency services wisdom and skill as they, they go about their work this morning. And we pray for our part. If it's our role to listen to your word as we sit here, we pray that we do it attentively in Jesus' name. Amen. I remember a moment a few years ago, I reckon I was 16, this is going back a little way. Uh, my dad was teaching me to make concrete. And it's a precious memory uh, of my dad passing on something to me. Uh, he taught me that I needed, let me see if I can remember, water, sand, and cement. And he said, look, if you put these in, I'm going to tell you the quantities. You have to put them into each bucket in equal parts, and then we will get the concrete that we need to lay the patio. And he was doing this in his garden. And um, I remember uh, concentrating hard for most of the time and then just forgetting to count. And uh, I, he said, how many, how many shovelfuls of cement have gone in that bucket? I said, I don't know. And he went, <laughs> and managed to keep calm. And, and we got through it. And the patio got laid. But I remember that as a moment. Have you got a moment like this in your past when mum, dad, they passed on a skill to you? They, they, you, you have a, a crystal clear memory of them passing on something that you actually really needed. I, in theory, I, know now, I now know how to mix concrete. I don't use it very often. But um, it's precious, isn't it? The trouble is that parents, they can't always be around, can they? Sometimes they live really far away. Sometimes they leave. And, and indeed, my dad left, and that was a rare moment with, with my own father. Eventually, they die. And then that can leave you with a very heavy heart, thinking, I wish they were around now. I wish I could talk to them about this thing that's going on. I wish I could have their wisdom. And it's sad, isn't it, when you can't? Maybe you have a heavy heart this week because, like many, many people, you wish the Queen was around and we could all benefit from her wisdom. And she's not. And I think that's only just dawning on me, maybe on you as well. My friends, there's very good news in the Bible this morning because there's this book in the Bible called Proverbs, which we just dipped into and which we're going to be dwelling on for a few minutes. And in Proverbs, it's written as a father to a son. And he says, my son, I'm going, to, I'm going to give you some wisdom. I want you to have a record of this 
so that you can learn. And often that's been God's way. In generations gone by, the parent passes on the wisdom to the next generation and they pass it on and on and on. And in Proverbs, you have lots of father's words to a son. You also have mother's words and the mothers pass on wisdom to their children. And you're in the right place. If you feel you need wisdom for the complexity of life, then you're in the right place this morning. Because there's a bunch of stuff, isn't there, that doesn't get onto the national curriculum. I mean, do you find that the national curriculum doesn't tell you how to lay a patio? I do. <laughs> I relied on my dad for that. Or do you find, you know, the national curriculum, it doesn't tell you where to live. You, you just need a, a bunch of wisdom and good advice and sound judgment for figuring that out. It doesn't really tell you how to make ends meet in a budget financially. You just need some wisdom to do that. It didn't actually teach you how to raise a child. And maybe, you know, with Isaiah in your arms, guys, you actually think, I do need wisdom from God for this precious package that, that I'm holding. So you need wisdom for a bunch of stuff in life, and, and God offers it to us. I'm hoping this is going to be a feast for us. If you're a regular member of the church, then we're going to be feasting on Proverbs for September and October. And it covers just about everything you can go through in life. It is the most practical book of the Bible I've yet come across, and I've read the whole Bible. Money, friendship, marriage, sex, parenting, work, wages, rest, revenge, anger, envy, vision, Vegetables. There's actually proverbs about vegetables and vegetarianism. So it, it just is broad. You can pretty much name it and proverbs has it. And if that sounds good to you, if you would, <laughs> would really like some wisdom for what I'm facing, then let's just dive in. And all I want to do with you this morning is focus on the very first verse of chapter 10 in proverbs. I know we read 11 verses. I just want to keep it real simple. Focus on chapter 10, verse 1. Do you see it? It simply says, the proverbs of Solomon... A wise son brings joy to his father, but a foolish son grief to his mother. That's it. In the rest of the sermon series, we're just going to um, look pretty much at one proverb ver per week, and we'll get to the end of verse 11 in October. But just for today, let's dwell on these four main ideas in Proverbs 10 verse 1. I'm going to put them in the form of four questions. Firstly, what are Proverbs? Secondly, who was Solomon? Thirdly, what is wisdom? And fourthly, why do I need wisdom? Okay, we'll just do that for a few moments together. So firstly, first question, what are Proverbs? Because it says here in our verse, the Proverbs of Solomon. So you need to understand what they are. A proverb on its own is a, a pithy saying designed to make you think. Okay? And I bet you actually know what they are in, in practice, even if you don't often use the word proverb. Here's some English examples. Okay? I need a bit of audience participation. So I'm going to give you a well-known English proverb. Your job out loud is to complete the sentence. Okay? Here goes. The early bird catches the... Ah, oh, very good. Yeah? Which doesn't really make much sense on its own, does it? It's like, well, why are you talking about birds and worms? But I think the meaning is, you know, get there early and it will go better for you. Yeah? We all agree? Okay, here, here goes another one. A bird in hand is worth... Two in the bush. Exactly which I think means uh, better to have something securely than speculatively, right? Okay, here, I've, got, I've got another one for you. You can't make an omelette without breaking a few. Exactly. And I've got one more for you. A stitch in time saves. Now, I, did, I really didn't get that last one until like last year. Someone explained it to you. Oh, right, so if you stitch it, if you mend something early, then you save nine stitches later. Whoa. And Proverbs is a bit like that, aren't they? You, you on its own, doesn't make a load of sense, but it's designed to get you thinking. A bit like, let me try and put it this way. 
a boiled sweet. Indeed, a word is original to use the greatest boiled sweet. Uh, and as you know, if you have a sweet, it doesn't go very well if you take it out of its packet. Forgive me, I'm going to eat a sweet as an, as an illustration, okay? It doesn't go very well if you bite down on a boiled sweet, right? Because it's unpleasant and you might break your teeth. But what you do is you suck it and then it releases its flavour and you think, oh, that's what a Werther's original tastes like. Oh, yeah. And I'm not going to hog these. I, I have, as a free gift to you, I'm going to pass them around the congregation. And if you would like a boiled sweet, then you're allowed to eat it and um, join my sermon. There you go. If you don't like Werther's originals, why? <laughs> but you don't, you don't have to eat them. So we're saying, Proverbs are pithy sayings that are designed to make you think. Every language has them, but how special in the Bible. You don't just have English ones. You have, like, God Proverbs. You have Proverbs from the Lord. And what the Bible does is not just give you stuff about life. It puts God in the center of the world. And it says, here's some stuff that, since God made us, this is how the universe operates. So you don't get that in any language. You get that in the Bible exclusively. The fear of the Lord is basic to Proverbs, and they build everything else on that. For those of you who love the scriptures, there are three books in the Bible that are particularly called wisdom books, and Proverbs is one of them. You also get Job and Ecclesiastes, and I've been wanting to teach one of the wisdom books for years. I've been here four years now, by God's grace, and I've been wanting to go near this and haven't yet done it until today, so I'm excited we get to do it just together for a moment. The home groups are going to be in Proverbs as well, so if you're a member of a home group, you'll get used to it. You'll range broadly across the book of Proverbs. But in, in sermons, I just want to laser in on a little bit, a bit like cutting a, a slice of cake and just tasting it and seeing what it's like together. And we're diving in at chapter 10 because that's where the Proverbs proper begin after the, the passionate father's speeches in chapters 1 to 9. And also, you've got to start somewhere, so I thought we'd start here. Okay, so that's the first question. What are Proverbs? Secondly, who was Solomon? Because it says in our Bibles... The Proverbs of Solomon. So it's trying to tell us something about the character behind it. He is behind most of the book's 31 chapters and he gets mentioned in chapter 1, chapter 10 and chapter 25. Solomon, as you may know, he was a king of Israel and he was the, the wisest guy on the planet at the time. I don't think I'm exaggerating. One of our elders said uh, he was the high watermark of Israel's kingship and I think that's absolutely right. So you may know the story, but Solomon was super wise. God asked him, what do you want? Do you want wealth? And he said, no, I want some wisdom. And God said, here you go. And there's this famous story in 1 Kings chapter 4 when it says, all nations came to listen to Solomon's wisdom sent by all the kings of the world. Famously, the queen of Sheba came and she was amazed at what she found. You know that, that classical music? That's the arrival of the queen of Sheba as she's coming to Solomon to experience his wisdom and she was overwhelmed. So my friends, if you feel sad that you have no more moments left with your dad or your mum or your queen, if you feel overwhelmed by the complexity of life's problems that you're facing, if you feel dwarfed by the requirements that are placed on you, then come and learn from Solomon. Solomon is the guy who God gave to Israel and had him come up with 3,000 sayings that you can learn from. And he made sure they were written down, not just for the next king, but for ordinary people like you and me. 
He can be your sage, your guru, or your Old Testament uncle. But it gets even better than that. Because thirdly, third question, what is wisdom? Our proverb says, a wise son brings joy to his father, but a foolish son grief to his mother. And there's a kaleidoscope of similar words in Proverbs that revolve around wisdom. Words like instruction, insight, prudence, knowledge, discernment, discretion. Together they, they don't point to somebody who's just a really, really brainy character. You know, a, a real brain box who's got loads of PhDs. And it's not talking about that, that kind of knowledge. It's saying wisdom is, I'm going to define it this way, skill in life. You want to be skillful in life? You need wisdom. So you know what it's like when you're watching, let's say, a sports match, a rugby match, and you see a rugby player with incredible skill. You think, yeah, how do you do that? Or you're watching a ballerina on stage or a musician perform, and by the end of the performance you think, wow, how on earth do you have that skill? It's incredible what you just did. Well, if you like, they have wisdom in their discipline. But Proverbs says, let's talk about wisdom in life, covering the whole breadth of existence. That's what you're being offered. So wisdom is skill in life. That's how I'm going to be defining it. Imagine your neighbour, where you live, plays really loud music at three o'clock in the morning. Again, that's not on the national curriculum, right? That, that, don't remember that being covered uh, in my GCSE. Actually, you need a bit of wisdom to deal with that. What, what do you do? I, I do need to talk to them about what's appropriate. And you know, I need to tell them the truth, that so you just ruined my night's sleep. But I need to be courteous. I need to pick my moment. I need wisdom. You see, the mean, see what I mean? Wisdom is skill in life. Okay, so we've, we've looked at what are Proverbs, what, who was Solomon, and what is wisdom. Now let's just look at our fourth question together. Why do I need wisdom? And I'm hoping I persuaded some of you. I'm hoping you're sitting there thinking, oh, I quite like some of that wisdom he's talking about. I need a bit of that. But for anyone who's unpersuaded, let me just try for a moment longer. You need wisdom because it brings joy to your community. Because our proverb says... A wise son brings joy to his father, but a foolish son grief to his mother. So your choices affect other people. If you can get wisdom, you'll be like a, a joy spreader. You'll be pushing out joy to the people around you and your family and your community. If you don't have wisdom, you'll be like a, I don't know, a joy hoover. You know, you're sucking up other people's joy because you're causing them grief. This is not a very Western way of thinking. Normally, I think in the West, we kind of think, as long as I'm not harming anybody else, you know, I'll just keep on consuming. I'll just do life my way. I'll make my choices. That's kind of the way I was brought up in this country. But a very Middle Eastern community-minded way of thinking, which is where Proverbs came from, is to think, God has put me deliberately in like, this family with these parents and these siblings, maybe with these kids, nieces, nephews, godchildren, and these neighbours. And I can bring joy to them if I'm wise, or I can get, bring grief to them if I'm unwise. So you're part of this ecosystem. And we're learning it in the West because we're used to now thinking about what fossil fuels we pump out and our carbon footprint and the way we live affects the environment around us. But I think we're way behind some of these ancient communities who've got it. Of course, you could sit on your sofa and watch Netflix 24-7 or play Call of Duty the whole time. You could do that with your life. But you, the people around you need wisdom. Do you want to give, do you want to give people joy or do you want to give people grief in your life? And finally, on this point, why do I need wisdom? Just turn with me. Do you have a Bible still? 2 Timothy chapter 3. 
2 Timothy chapter 3, it's on page 1196 in your Bibles. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 14. It's near the back of the Bible. I just want to read you a few verses from Paul to Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 3. Verses 14 onwards, page 1196. Paul famously says, But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know those from whom you learned it, and how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you what, somebody? Wise. You see that word again? Able to make you wise. For salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. By the way, I, th- I think it's wonderful that someone can know the Holy Scripture from infancy. As I am looking at you and I'm thinking, Lord, make this true of him. You know, just he talks to Timothy and he says, Timothy, I see that your faith has been passed from your grandmother to your mother to you. And I'm praying that for Isaiah today. But that's not why I attend you here. I actually want you just to notice again that word wise. God's plan is to make you wise once you're in Christ Jesus. It's not just to assure you of forgiveness. <laughs> An adoption, though that's wonderful. It's not just to keep you going through the motions until you get to glory, although that's desirable. It's wisdom in the everyday, or as verse 17 puts it, making you thoroughly equipped for every good work. Thoroughly equipped for all the details of covenant life that you're going to face. If I was going to put it really bluntly, I'd say, why, why do you need wisdom? Because Jesus died to make you wise. That's the whole plan. Jesus was willing to suffer death on the cross to, make, to take me from being this fool who didn't even think there was a God, that was me, to, to, to dying for me, swapping places. Jesus became like a fool. He was laughed at and mocked and scorned instead of me. And then he said, Pete, I'm going to make you wise. This is the offer he makes to you if you're a Christian. I'm going to make you wise. I'm going to delight in you. I want to teach you wisdom. Do you want that? And my heart goes, Yes. The whole plan of salvation is, in one sense, for the joy of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, taking me a fool, and you a fool, who hated God and making you into a wise son or daughter, who delights to live in peace in God's world. I read a, a, a great novel recently which just puts this well. Let me just share this with you. It's called Kith by Julie Robery. And a friend gave me this, and it's about um, Wessex in the ninth century. So it's going back a little bit in time, but it's about two sons, and they're called Oswald and Brynin. And Oswald is the Lord's son, the, the, the Lord who owns the whole village of Wessex, and it's full of thatched huts and Danish raiders and all sorts of old world things. And so Oswald's got it all coming for him. He's going to inherit the whole village. And Brynin is a slave, and he, his lot in life is just to work the fields until he dies. But Oswald and Brynn, they're friends, and they grow up together under the oak tree in the village, and, and, and they have this great respect for each other, treating each other as equals. And then one day, when they're getting towards adulthood, Oswald turns to Brynn and he says, I want to I help you get your freedom. And Brynn says, no, 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 you can't do that. I'm a slave. That's, just, that's, that's my lot. And he says, no, I want to I help you run away. And so Oswald helps Brynn get free, and sure enough, he, he gets away. He runs away to safety where they can't find him anymore. But Oswald, the Lord's son, he gets found out. 
and they haul him before the village court and they try him for what he did. You you freed a slave against your father's property and this was during harvest time and you've disadvantaged the whole village and now you'll be punished and we're going to flog you. And this great gasp goes up and this, you can't flog the Lord's son, you can't do that, it's disgraceful, it's embarrassing. And the father is, is mortified, but the village decide to flog the boy, Oswald. And from then on, he's got these, this crisscross of scars on his back from where the whip cut into his flesh. And eventually, at the end of the story, Brynion comes, he's, he's safe, he's, he has a farm and a hearth of his own, which is kind of the big thing, you want a hearth, so raise your own family around. But Oswald is the, is the, the wise son who freed the slave. He's, he's the one who gave up his own rights and was willing to be flogged for the sake of his friend. And I want to say to you, there... There is a picture of my Lord Jesus. You know, there is the, the, the Lord's son who stood to inherit everything. And yet for some reason he treats me as a friend. And he says, how about I take the flogging for you? How about the whip cuts into my back and my flesh instead of yours? How about I hang on the cross instead of you? He's that determined to make you wise. Do you want wisdom? I do. If he's willing to do that for me, I want it. You might be sitting there thinking, how do I get it? Can I mention three things and then I'll pray? Because God's invitation to you this morning is, will you get wisdom? So how do you get it? Well, prayer, mentors, and scripture are part of God's recipe. Firstly, prayer. When King Solomon realized that he needed wisdom, he asked for it. And it's impossible to be truly wise without the fear of the Lord, so ask him. Why not make it a regular daily prayer this autumn that God would make you wise? Prayer. Secondly, mentors. Why not ask God for a Solomon? My wife Sarah and I, we can both trace um, periods of growth in our life back to moments where we asked God for a mentor. Oh God, we need somebody to talk us through this. And he graciously gave it. So you could be like that Queen of Sheba, you know, riding away, thinking, wow, I've learned so much. Why not ask God for a mentor? Prayer and mentors. And finally, scripture. Solomon read the scriptures. Solomon's proverbs are written down in the scriptures. And 2 Timothy 3 says, the thing which makes you wise for salvation is, guess what? The scriptures. So wisdom has to involve learning from God's word and practicing it in God's world. And maybe this is a good moment for you. This this day, this autumn, to recommit to your Bible reading or your weekly home group, or whatever podcast gets the scriptures into your head and your heart. My friends, will you get wisdom? Personally, I'm determined. Because a wise son brings joy to his father, but a foolish son grief to his mother. Let's pray. Let's just have a moment's quiet, and in, in silence you might like to talk to God. You may not have prayed for many years, but you might like to talk to God in silence now. Almighty God, our Father, we pray, God of all wisdom, would you make us wise, we pray. We want to be joy spreaders. And we pray you would do that work in us, even in us, Father. I feel so ordinary, and life feels so complex and heavy sometimes, but... Would you make us wise? If you're, if you're genuinely offering it, then we gladly accept. 
knowing that you wouldn't have sent Jesus Christ our Lord to die for us and given us the Holy Spirit if you weren't going to follow through on that promise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.